Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. We love bringing you the biggest names from the world of country music here on the podcast, so thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already, and that way you'll never miss an episode. And if you're in the UK, you can listen to Absolute Radio Country live and enjoy the no-repeat guarantee. It's our promise to never play the same song twice during your workday between 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Right, on with the podcast. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. Absolute Radio Country, I'm Balin Leonard. My guest today, one of country music's most exciting rising stars. So we first heard from him when he was a contestant on The Voice, and that was nearly 10 years ago. And since then, his music has been streamed millions of times. He's had a big, huge hit single on the country airplay chart as well. And he's released his third album, Blacktop. Corey Kent, welcome back to Absolute Radio Country. Thank you. I would have thought that after last time, you coming straight to the studio from the airport, that this time you would have had a little bit of rest, you would have settled down in the UK, you'd come in <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and here you are straight from the airport again. No, I just live my life sleep-deprived, you know? <laughs> like, I'll sleep when I'm dead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I like to think that you, every time you get to the UK, you're like, do you know what? I need to go straight to Absolute Radio that's Country. A, that's it. Before I do anything else, just to say howdy. In fact, it's like a mandatory thing that my team knows. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's written into I your contract. I fly in, get no sleep, and come straight to Absolute Radio. So. <laughs> I mean, now you'll have to do it every time because it's a tradition. It, yeah, after the second time, it's definitely a full-on tradition. Yeah, so well, I'm welcome in. back. It's good, to, it's good to see you back. Yeah, thank you. Last time we saw each other, that was C2C. So that was March of last year. Yep. Uh, here we are. You're back uh, on the Ashley McBride tour. Yeah. This I'm is so a great excited. thing. Ashley is one of those artists that says things in a unique way and actually has something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of artists that I feel like maybe got in the music for fame or money. Great. Or... And we're going to talk about those artists now. Go ahead. Great. List uh, them all. Yeah, let me name drop them. <laughs> but I, I, I really, I have an extra amount of respect for those artists that do it for the craft. And I feel like Ashley is really one of those people. Did you know her before? Or do you know her? I actually met her right after we met the first time. Um, I played here at C2C. And then shortly after I went over to Brisbane, Australia and played CMC. Yes. And that, I actually had to fly basically all the way across the world to meet Ashley. It <laughs> seems know. worth it. Yeah, totally. So we uh, we met there for the first time, and we knew that we were going to play a couple shows together, actually, in my the state that I live in, Texas. And, you know, I got to meet her, and she was super kind and just gracious. And then, ironically enough, the day that Wild Is Her went number one in the United States, I was opening a show for Ashley McBride in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, really? So it's kind of this, I, I don't know, our paths have kind of uh, unintentionally been intertwined in really cool ways. And to come over here, I know she's got a great fan base here. Mm-hmm. You know, most, if not all of these shows are sold out. Yeah. So it's great exposure for us. And the last time I came over here, I I loved it. And I said to my team, hey, I want to make it a point to come back and invest here because these fans are amazing. And I don't say that, you know, lightly. These people... They were quiet and attentive and hanging on every word. 
And that's all you can ask for as a songwriter. That's, you're pouring your heart into a song. For people to pay attention and care on that level, it was awesome. So, And also, I think you'll see as a, as a support on, you know, people are there to see Ashley McBride, but they're very much also there to see you. A lot of them will have seen you already. Uh, yeah. Most of them will know your songs, but even when they don't know an artist and they don't know the songs, the UK audiences show up for the support, and I always think that's a really great thing to see. That's the best case scenario, because a lot of times, as support, you're fighting for attention, and it seems like folks are doing their homework. You know, even mm. if they, maybe they haven't heard of you until they bought the Ashley McBride ticket, but it seems like they're going in and doing their homework. Oh yeah, they'll that. dig in. As yes. soon as they find out you're supporting, they dig yeah, in, and that's a great thing. For? It's really cool to me to see people here covering songs of mine that i, that, uh, right, I even yeah. got one today somebody that was like i bought tickets to the ashley and Corey show and was covering a song of mine and it, it's just surreal to think a couple of years ago i was working at a pavement company and now people halfway across the world are are interested in my music it's really cool yeah well keep on coming like you said i mean it's great it, it, it's the audiences here are something special and uh, when they like an artist they dig right in so um, it's good to have that that commitment on air from you that you're going to keep coming back absolutely I mean especially with with how these shows have sold Mm. I think that we're going to get a lot in front of a lot of uh, new fans yeah and you know my goal is to come back and play these venues as a headliner good so how do we that's what we we do that we come over here and we open up and we invest and and uh hopefully make a lot of new fans so the last time you were here we talked about it c2c and wild as her was all over the charts but Mm -hmm. you hadn't released blacktop yet so how's it been since you've released that man it's been good i i try not to have expectations because I mean, it would be hard to not, though, wouldn't it? Because it you had such success with Wild as Her. And then there's probably one half of you when you're getting ready to release an album off the back of something like that where you're like, oh, here we go. You know, yeah. I had huge. And then another half of you that's like, oh, Lord, here we go. What's going to happen here? Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is that if I if I do have expectations, it's usually based on me looking around and comparing right. so what to other artists to yeah to the release of other records right. or there's usually i mean the only way really to measure is by a metric of what someone else has done it's or or numbers right and those mm-hmm. are direct comparisons and i found that just in the creative process that's a really unhealthy thing for me so i i do my best to keep my head down and not look around uh-huh. and um when i do that I'm always pleased with the outcome because I'm seeing people respond to the music and I'm seeing people um, connect with it in a, in a deep way. But then, you know, it's easy to, if I'm, if I'm comparing to artists that are selling out stadiums right now, Mm. then I'm going to be disappointed with the response to my record. Well, yeah, of course, because they weren't selling out stadiums forever were they right they're on and i'm this is record one yeah it's hard not to do that though i think it is tough but i I realized it was kind of crushing my creativity i was focused on the wrong things so um but how it's been since the release of blacktop is our shows have exploded so it's it's having an impact while we have another song at radio. It's definitely not climbing as quick as wild as her. But is this something that's going to kill me? Yes, we love well, it here. Thank you. Is it because you're a bit of an adventure seeker? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I mean, you, I, I, mean I know that that is what the song is about. But also, you know, are you inhabiting a character? Are you actually one of these guys that likes to go out and just push it to the limit? Let's see. What last weekend I was in South Dakota. Okay. 
It was. I bet it's freezing cold in South Dakota then. A real feel of negative 39 Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, no. And what did I do? I went out on a snowmobile oh. and went 40 miles an hour on the snowmobile. Who knows what the real feel, the, the wind chill would have been yeah. then. But it was, it was um, an adventure and I was up for it, you know? Did so, your eyeballs freeze? Because I always think, what is that cold? Surely, how do your eyeballs not freeze? Well,. We had a visor, so that, oh, was, good. that okay, was helpful. But, still. but it was so cold that things were spontaneously freezing. So, <laughs> oh, no. so you would breathe, and the condensation would, the humidity would hit the visor, and it would instantly freeze. So wow. then you have to ride with the visor up yeah. because you can't see. And then anything. your eyeballs freeze. It was the coldest weather I've ever felt. And knowing what I know now, would I do it again? Probably not. But I had to do it. Right? We had to go. Uh, I mean, me, my my tour manager, Bo, my. My uh, media guy, we we all have adventurous spirits, and so we're gonna mm. take cool opportunities when we get them, even if the weather's not cooperating. So, yeah, we're adventure seekers, but um, that song also to me is really about embracing the fact that you don't know what's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised, yeah, and you can't live your life in fear of what may or may not happen. You better enjoy today and do the things that bring fulfillment to you. So even if you freeze your eyeballs off, even if your eyeballs literally are frozen, (laughs) you've been busy though, because not only everything that we've just talked about, but there was another project that you snuck out, uh, in, in the kind of in between time when Mm -hmm. everybody else was laying on the sofa and watching Netflix and and eating cheese, you were like, Hey everybody, I got a new project (laughs) for you. What is this project 23? So, so 23 is kind of this continuation of um, what I call fan projects. It's really meant for our our original fans, the people that heard about us long before Wild is Heard that have been with us for years and years. They, I feel like they deserve music quicker than the typical album cycle allows, right. especially in country music when you're playing the radio game. So... This is the third year in a row that I've done that. I had a, a 21 record. I had the 22 tapes last year and 23 this year. Are you... Tw- um, is that That's about the year, not your age? Correct. Okay. Correct. It's about the year. It's it's really a collection of songs that I feel like define what that year has been. And this one, to me, um, I didn't hire a producer. I didn't have a band. I didn't go to Nashville or New York or L.A. to record this. I went right down the road and... Texas and drove my own Ford Bronco over there and and sat down in a chair with me and a guitar and rattled off about 14 songs and picked the nine that I felt like were cohesive Mm -hmm. and just made a project out of songs that I loved but they were kind of the misfit batch of songs like they were songs that I I had a connection with that I felt like my fans would connect with but also um, hadn't found their home on a record yet you know right. they didn't they didn't make the blacktop record for whatever reason just you know you have to curate a record and sometimes a great song won't make the record just because it's gone up against another great song with similar tempo or similar subject matter and um i'm creating a record like a, a living breathing thing and sometimes these songs just fall by the wayside it sounds like when you make records you want to do that thing where uh, and a lot, lot of artists do that but a lot of artists don't do this, where you want people to listen to the album from start to finish in a kind of, look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've curated this, it's telling you a story or it's taking you on a journey or, or whatever it is, which a lot of people don't listen to music that way nowadays. But it's always really nice when a project comes out that does have that, that you can listen to and it can take you there. Is that how you do all of your projects? That's definitely the goal. Yeah. Um, 
and I know it's a lost art, and I know it's a little old-fashioned, but I still... I love it, As though. a listener, I still can listen to an entire record. And if, if I can do it, I know there's other people like me out there that still enjoy that. So yeah. I think it comes down to um, making the thing that you're most proud of. Like, And if that's uh, a record that somebody can listen to front to back, that's what you should do. And if that's not where your heart is, then you know, follow it and create whatever you, you want to create. But for me, that's still how I love listening to records. So I'm going to you know, create a record like that every chance I get. And... And in the meantime, you know, put put together records like like twenty three that mm. let things fall together, not not have to have a perfect plan every time. You know, I went in and uh, because I didn't have a producer, um, I'm not the most tech savvy guy in the world. Like I know my way around a studio and I know how to set mics up and things, but I kind of made an error that led to the whole vibe of the record, and that was I sat down, I mic'd everything up, I played through the song. And I was talking to the engineer and I was like, man, I think I want to go back and fix this one little thing I messed up on that take. Because I was just playing the song, me, my guitar, all the way through. And when I got to the end of the song, he was like, well, you can't really go back and fix anything. And I was like, why not? And he's like, well, the way you mic'd everything, you, ca you can't isolate the guitar from the vocal. You can't uh. go re-sing the line. It's all live. And I was like, well... I guess I'm playing the next 13 live, you know? So we just did it. So what you hear is a really human and raw project that has a lot of imperfections in it. But I think... I it, love that. And you don't get that a lot because uh, things are so slickly produced now. A lot of things are so yeah. slickly produced and every little minor thing is is completely fixed and and that's okay too there, there's a time that's and a fine. place for that but as people we all make mistakes constantly big ones little ones in whatever field we're doing and i think that uh even if you as a listener don't necessarily hear that and go oh there's a mistake there there's something that you connect with on a on another level that makes it a little bit more human for you absolutely and i think you're seeing a big divide right now in country music there's a really big movement towards the unproduced or the mm. non-slick um, production. And then there's still the typical, more typical radio country, you know, pop country stuff that's going yeah. on. And, you know, I find myself more on the organic side in terms of what I enjoy. Um, but, you know, Wild As Her is a, is a big rock and roll yeah. country song that, you know, we didn't hold anything back in terms of production. Uh, and it was... Um, undoubtedly more raw and organic than a lot of stuff that's on the radio but in the same breath it wasn't super stripped down and completely uh, like this 23 project but I think my goal in 20, this 23 project was to show that um, artists don't have to do they don't have to be one trick ponies right like yeah. um, you, can, you can do both you can let whatever that project is that you're working on you can reinvent yourself essentially there's just like everybody, um, if you're an introvert, but you go out and you are hanging out with your friends, like you can be extroverted for a night, right? Yeah. You can have great conversations and, and hang out till 2 a.m., but that doesn't make you an extrovert. In the same way, you can love rock and roll and country and put out a rock country record, and then you can go dive in and do something completely raw and organic. I just... Um, I think that the more open-minded we can be, the better in country music. When you're talking about the divide, 
between country music, uh, obviously there's the the, the sonic divide and what you were just saying about the way songs are produced and all that. Yeah. But also there's, um, and I don't know if you're referring to these guys, but also there seems to be a divide between kind of some of the, the artists who maybe wouldn't have been embraced by country not that long ago and now are kind of very much being welcomed into the fold, even if they don't necessarily say I'm country. I'm talking about Zach Bryan, Noah Kahn's, like, you know, those Zach's type of people. Okie, and I've loved watching him carve his own path, man. It's been, it has been so cool to watch. And I, again, it's like he has whether it was intentional or or just complete chance he's opened a lot of people's minds yeah. to what is country music yeah that's a good place to be like we shouldn't have these like you know really perfect squared off edges of what country music is i think that's healthy for the genre and everybody great in country music has always kind of pushed those limitations and found their own lane with that and um yeah i i, I think it's a really interesting time to see uh i mean it's almost like americana folk is now being accepted as country music. yeah yeah you're Even right more so than it than it's probably being accepted in folk and americana which uh, yeah well meanwhile americana and folk are like whoa you Ayana, what are you doing yeah, going over there to country it's super interesting man but i i think it's i think it's great i loved um we got to almost play a show we got rained out we were playing outside of the stadium this was a couple years ago outside of the stadium the mercedes-benz dome in uh georgia i think where luke combs was headlining right and the lineup was luke combs um zach bryan cody johnson and morgan wade <laughs> that's a great lineup. that's an amazing lineup. Right? yeah like, that's i feel like that's where country fans that's that's a lineup they want to see because yeah they don't listen to the same style of music all the time. Yeah, I always say that about UK fans specifically um, because all of our doors are open, you know, in, in the UK. People, I think, have a, a broader definition of what country is, you know, and I yeah. think that we can fit a lot of those artists into... Uh, certainly we do it here on this station, but I know just out and about, you will see the same people some of the same people at a Ashley McBride concert that you will at a Mara Morris concert that you will at a, you know, Tyler Childers concert. Like it all is under this big umbrella. And do you think that in America, I mean, it it looks like it's moving that way now, but that's only because it's kind of been dragged kicking and screaming because you can't ignore success on the level of a Zach Bryan. Yeah. Do you think it will continue to go that way and that the the kind of barriers around country music will, will continue to expand? I'd like to think that the barriers will continue to expand. I, I will say this. Um, you know, I live in Texas, so I don't live in Nashville like a majority of the artists that you hear on country radio. Um, I know Zach doesn't live in Nashville. I know my buddy that I'm going on tour with for most of the year, Parker McCollum, he lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. Cody Johnson, he's not in Nashville. So Morgan Wade doesn't live in Nashville, yeah. Right. There's a, there's a whole movement of, like, you can do this your own way. And for the first time in a long time, I think that being an outsider is cool and more acceptable even in the mainstream. Mm. Like I think for a long time it was like, if I'm not gonna do it the way that the blueprint says I have to do it, then I'm going to be like banished to obscurity and have a great, I could have a great career over here, but it means that I'm giving up the 
you know, the mainstream exposure. And now it's like, I can do my own thing. And if I'm really great at what I do, I can still get the mainstream exposure. And that's a really cool thing. That's a great place to be as a genre. Mm, Yeah, really good. Let the greatness shine through, let them do it their own way. I think that breeds good art. Um, I know that my art has exponentially grown since I just left Music City and was like, I'm going to carve my own path like i left i went to work for a pavement company i got my priorities straight and from that from living real life in a place that wasn't all hyper focused on how do i become famous and make a living in music Mm. from living a real life real songs started flowing what part of texas do you live in i live in salina which is like salina um salina with a c okay so uh it's about an hour north of Dallas. I was, okay. The way I would describe it is, um, obviously, Dallas is a big, big city. Yep. Um, and it has sprawling suburbs. This is what I would consider, like, the first town far enough north that doesn't feel like a suburb. Got you. It's like the first small town you come to outside of the Dallas. How did you pick that? How did you end up there? I just kept moving north, man. I wanted to get to a place that felt like where I grew up right. uh, in Bixby, Oklahoma. If you moved 40 minutes outside of Tulsa, the main city that I'm from, you'd be in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought maybe the same would be true of Dallas, and that's just not how it, it works. It just keeps going uh, and so, going and going. So I moved you know, to a place called Frisco, and, and it was great, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. And my wife and I wanted more space, and we wanted a slower pace of life. And Salina offered all those things and still wasn't too terribly inconvenient to make it to the airport because I do right. have to – do that pretty often fly so yeah you got to fly and come directly here to this studio exactly you know that's that was actually heavily weighed you know it's like how quick could i get to absolute radio (laughs) so salina was where we drew the line (laughs) is it cold in salina right now uh actually yes because it looks like i I kept seeing everywhere's cold everywhere the whole of the united states from coast to coast top to bottom is cold yes i we played um South Dakota, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and Denver. It was snowing the whole time. It was. It didn't get above zero there the whole time. Um, I know I'm speaking in like, like probably forbidden uh, Fahrenheit. Right oh, now. Fahrenheit. Yeah, no. But it it was super cold, and then we got back to Texas where it really doesn't snow very often. Yeah, no. And then the one day I was home before I came here, it was snowing. And were people like, what? Oh, dude, like, they're in Texas, they're cleaning out the grocery stores. Like, <laughs> yeah, get bread and toilet milk. Toilet paper's gone. Uh, I, we even showed up to, People love to panic. We even showed up to the airport, and, you know, we travel a lot, so we go to the, the Amex lounge or whatever. Yeah. Nobody showed up for work at that place because well, it snowed. Oh, come on. So you weren't so, even able to... No. I mean, we, we got, like, a cup of coffee, but they were like, <sighs> sorry, the bar is closed. The, the winter storm knocked out our supply chain. I'm like, come on now. Come on. I know there's alcohol back there. Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, affecting people in unexpected ways. Right. The snow. Right. I'm sorry you had to go through that. No, it's all good. It just seems like it's following <laughs> us. You know, the cold yeah. weather everywhere we go right now. So, uh, Are you going to get some time, just before I let you go, are you going to get some time to enjoy the UK? I'm assuming that when you were over for C2C, it was your first time over. I know your wife was with you. Yep. It was quite a busy, full-on it thing. Was. Did you get any time to do anything then? And if not, are you going to get some time to do anything now? Last time, when I go somewhere and I'm a tourist, mm. I go full tourist. Yeah. Like, you just have to, especially the first time. So, like, we did the double-decker night bus sure. ride thing, and 
they were like, do you want the headphones? I'm like, give me the, give me the headphones. Yeah. Tell me all about this place. Bring it on. Yeah, so we did that. We did Tower of London, but we, we didn't really get to, I think, like experience a day here. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like a yeah. normal day, not a tourist day. And so I'm excited that this time we do, uh, with this Ashley McBride tour, like we play tomorrow night and then we have a day off. Yeah. And what we decided to do, uh, my wife's going to join me on the back half of this trip, but instead of doing the tour bus where you have a driver and you just wake up in the next place we are you gonna drive yourself yes adventurous spirit i'm like rent a van Uh i want to drive the countryside so we're gonna do it um if you see me broken down on the side of the road or in a wreck you know send some well i'll tell you what i'm worried about with this (laughs) uh you're driving on the other side of the road presumably for the first time yes now here's what's going to happen Corey. you are going to be really unsure of how close to the side of the road you are <laughs> on the other side of the, yes. the van where you normally drive yep, yep. you're going to feel like you've got a lot more space than you do i want you have to overcorrect i'm saying this as okay. a you know i no. i've had to learn this as well and i've also sat here and talked to loads of artists who have done exactly this okay and nine times out of ten they take off the wing mirror they hit something they get too close to another car or a sign boom that wing mirror goes i want you to just you have to overcorrect okay uh it's good you, to know. use your mirrors to make sure that you've got space on uh, and you're going to be on some roads where you feel like there should not be two <laughs> ways of traffic here because these country roads are I have noticed that absolutely like, tiny but is you're that gonna, because the, this place was built these streets were built before cars or was it just like we're going to make tiny cars over here yeah both i think it's both the okay. roman roads some of them follow ancient roman roads okay since you are going to be driving just before i let you go yeah. um let's go through some things that parts of the car that we pronounce that we call something differently here <laughs> yes well i just found out uh elevators a lift yeah elevators a lift so i thought that the lady at the airport was telling me to take a left Ah, okay. She's, she's saying take the lift. Take the lift. All right, but you're going to be in the car. Take a few lefts before. I so we're going to work on parts of the car okay. exclusively. Now we've already learned Beautiful. wing mirrors. Yep, wing mirrors. Okay, uh, the windshield. Yep. What do you reckon we would call that here? I don't know the glass. Windscreen. 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 Yeah. The, do you guys have screen? Like no, screen it's just doors? the. It's just the, no. We don't really have screen. That's called the windscreen, though. Okay. The windshield right. is the windscreen. Um, the hood of the car. Mm-hmm. The bonnet. The the bonnet. The bonnet. The bonnet, yeah. Why? Because, well, it sits, it's sitting <laughs> on top of the engine okay. like a bonnet. Why hood? All right, all Why right. hood? Yeah, I guess same reason. I all guess, right, yeah. trunk. I actually have never questioned why we would call it a hood. Yeah, exactly, because you just same, accept it. It's the same American reason. imperialism. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, because we're right. That's just how it is. Okay, uh, the, the, uh, the trunk of the car... Uh, now, this one I think makes sense. I think this makes sense. If you are calling the hood, the bonnet, if you go to the opposite direction, what would you call the trunk? I don't know, the diaper? <laughs> the, the boot. <laughs> the boot, okay. The boot. So the trunk is the boot. The hood is the bonnet. Yeah. The windshield is the windscreen. The boot, okay. We've done wing mirrors. 
But anyway, listen, I don't mean to scare you. I'm just trying to prepare no, you. I'm I trying mean, to help you. I, like I said, adventure. You're gonna be, Let's do it. You're you going to be great. <laughs> and you're going to be going through some lovely places as well. Yeah. Um, London, Birmingham, Manchester, Glasgow, glorious Glasgow, wonderful Glasgow, uh, Belfast, Dublin, Southampton. You're going to have a joy. I can't wait to follow along with your driving adventures on your yeah, it's Instagram. Be nice. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Just, follow along to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Kent, always a pleasure. We'll see you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Come directly from the airport again yes, next time, yes? every time. Perfect. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll have another dropping soon for y'all, so don't forget to keep it country. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 